Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. All right, thank you. Good morning. Happy Easter. Thank you. <laughs> one, of the, one of the great things about focusing on the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is that that focus will build and fill our faith like no other. And I want to thank whoever put these beautiful Easter lilies here because I'm going to need faith because I think that's the flower I'm most allergic to and I'm surrounded by a pulpit of them. I don't know, maybe I'll... Jane, is it zinnias or Easter lilies? I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll see. I have faith that the Lord will get me through this. Well, I, I, think, it's, I think it's safe to say that uh, all of us, no matter who we are or what we're going through in life, uh, have times where our faith gets rocked, where our faith gets shaken, where our faith feels deflated. And the Word of God in 1 John chapter 5 verse 4, tells us, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, our faith. Our faith is so important to overcoming trials and tribulations that come. And the enemy knows, our enemy knows that that is the point that he needs to attack to, to get us down, to get us discouraged. And so he will attack our faith, but our faith is the very thing that we need to maintain and build up and fortify to be able to overcome those attacks. Today's message is on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the, the day that we celebrate that. And, and really, we should celebrate the resurrection every day because the more we focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the stronger our faith becomes. Let's look at a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to see from this verse how important the resurrection is to our faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 14 says this, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what fills our faith. It's, it's like you can't have peanut butter without peanuts. You can't have faith without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If, if you imagine a river without water, that's what faith is without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ substantiates our faith. It fills our faith. It's the prerequisite for our faith. If he's not risen, our faith is empty. It gives body to our faith. And so our key focus in building our faith stronger to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy when he shoots his fiery darts and attempts to shake our faith is to be prepared by building our faith. The way we do that is focusing on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to have just one 365th of the possible faith. We don't want to just focus on this one day a year out of 365 or we're running on one 365th faith. 
We need to focus on the resurrection and the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus Christ by putting our faith on that truth every day. I was thinking, how can I illustrate this? I like, the, I like illustrations. I like to give us a visual of, of what it means to, to, what the spiritual truths that we're talking about look like in physical reality. And so this may be something better fit for Kids Cove, and I know we're a lot of adults here, but I think it's going to show you a picture of what it means to, to put our faith on the, the tomb, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. So this bottle... Shirley Felker gave me this. I collect unusual bottles. I like this bottle. It was in my office. This bottle represents the empty tomb. The empty tomb guarantees that we can have a full faith. This balloon represents our faith that sometimes it gets deflated. It's it's just, it feels like there's nothing to it. Things that happen in life can attack our faith, deflate our faith, shake our faith. So that's what this balloon represents. The empty tomb guarantees us a full faith because Jesus Christ is risen. So all we need to do is place our faith on the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And look at that. It just fills up. Isn't that amazing? I'm so thankful it worked. I wasn't sure. I'm waiting for it to pop off like a rocket. And sometimes our faith just explodes like a rocket too. The Lord will give us faith the more we place our faith on the empty tomb. So that's my goal this morning. That's my goal for all of us, to increase our faith, to blow up our faith, and that we remember how to do that daily by focusing it on resurrection truth. Because if Christ isn't risen, if that tomb is not empty, if his dead body is still in that tomb, then our faith is empty. But that tomb is empty so our faith can be full. The title of our message this morning is Empty Tomb, Full Faith. Today I want to talk about five resurrection truths, five truths about the resurrection of Jesus Christ that when we focus on them, they will inflate and fill up our faith. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I declare my dependence upon you for being able to preach your word effectively. I ask you for help for that, Lord. Father, we all need you to be able to open our ears and hearts to these truths. Father, you have given us the gift of faith, and you tell us to walk by faith, and we ask you now to fill our faith by these truths. Show us things about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and make the connection with how faith-building those things can be. We pray that we would experience a greater walk with you because of these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. The the practical call before we get into these five truths, message, we like to give application, we like to give practical calls to you when we preach. The practical call for all of these is to do one thing, to believe them. That's what faith is. Faith is believing in what God says, trusting in what God says. And so that's the call for every one of these truths. God calls us to have faith in what he says. And as we do that, we're going to be filled with his spirit and with faith. So faith-filling resurrection truth, number one. 
The resurrection has secured our justification. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has secured our justification. We talk a lot about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, about the cross of Jesus Christ, about the death of Jesus Christ. We just had a great service on Friday where we focused on the death of Christ. And we should. And it's great that we do that. But sometimes the resurrection doesn't get as much attention as the crucifixion. But the resurrection has so many benefits. You can have a crucifixion and death without a resurrection. But you can't have a resurrection without a crucifixion and death. And the resurrection is where our justification actually comes from. Let's look at this passage in Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 25. We'll actually look at 20 through 25. I think that's what we have here. Yeah. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. This is speaking, speaking of Abraham. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised, that's faith. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Look at verse 25. Who was delivered for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Jesus Christ was delivered for our trespasses. We are all sinners and we need to be forgiven of those sins. But he was raised for our justification. What is justification? What does it mean that we're justified because of the resurrection? When I was a kid growing up in our small country church, there was uh, a little old lady named Sarah and every time the pastor would ask, what is justification? Sarah would say, it means just as if you've never sinned. And that's true. That's good. God makes us just as if we've never sinned the moment we're justified. But it also takes us from that negative. So canceling out our sin record, taking us from the negative to zero, and it takes us into the positive of the righteous life of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ lived a life where he fulfilled the law. In other words, he did everything that the Father calls us to do. Everything. He did it all. He did it perfectly. He always obeyed. Not only did he never sin or disobey, but he always obeyed. And we have in our justification, when we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have that positive righteousness given to our account in heaven. Justification is a legal declaration. It's a one-time thing where God says, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he is God who became a man, who died to forgive you of your sins, and he rose from the dead on the third day, the Messiah, if you believe that gospel message, not only are your sins forgiven, but you're made righteous. You get the righteousness of Jesus, and it's just like you've always obeyed. And that is a one-time instantaneous action that occurs the moment you believe and it lasts forever the scriptures tell us that nothing can take it away that's why we receive eternal life the moment we're justified so resurrection according to romans 4 25 
has secured for you your justification. Jesus not only paid your spiritual sin debt, but he made you spiritually filthy rich because now you receive all of the spiritual blessings. You have eternal life. We have all kinds of great things to look forward to, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in this message. So Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, justified us. Do you, you understand how faith-filling this truth is? We, we don't keep all of God's commands. None of us do. But we're justified in the eyes of the Father. That means that no matter how many times we fail, and this isn't an excuse to, to just say, go ahead and fail. God calls us, we're going to see, to live righteous lives. But when we fail, and when the enemy attacks our faith by saying, you are a failure. You stink. You can't do this. We can say, Jesus Christ is risen, and I am justified because of his resurrection. And that is the shield that we put up when he fires his darts of doubt at our hearts. So Jesus Christ, in his resurrection, gave us justification. This truth is powerful. Faith-filling resurrection truth number two. The resurrection guarantees us new imperishable bodies. That means, that means that we have new bodies coming. We, we have these broken down bodies right now. They expire. They get broken bones. They need surgeries. Sometimes our feet hurt. Sometimes our eyes start to get worse. Sometimes we get, go bald. We get pimples. We have these bodies that have things that go wrong. But the resurrection guarantees for us that we have a 2.0 version coming. It's just, it's on layaway. I don't even know, is layaway even a thing anymore? I know when I was a kid, my mom would go to Hills. If you're not, if you're not like over 30, you don't know what Hills is. Remember that snack bar with the popcorn that you could get at the Regency Mall? And she would go in the back and she would have things on layaway. Toys, because I was a kid. Hills is where the toys are, right? That's what, I think that was their slogan, right? Did they have layaway? Is that a thing? So layaway, you could put something on layaway and pick it up at a later date. You know, it was paid for, but you got it later. We have 2.0 versions of, of this body, of a resurrection body coming. Look at this passage. This is amazing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 49 through 52. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's this body now, it's the image of Adam, it just deteriorates and it ages and we're all slowly dying. Just as we have borne that image, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven, Jesus Christ. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. You can't enter heaven with this this body that you have right now. It's not made for heaven. It won't work there. Behold, verse 51, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, 
and the dead will be raised imperishable. Imperishable. And we shall be changed. Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we too are guaranteed a resurrection from the dead. One day, that cemetery that is out here, when Jesus Christ comes back, and this, this may be soon, we don't know, we're not told. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be in a thousand years. But one day, he's going to come back, and an angel's going to blow a trumpet, and Jesus is going to come and raise the dead who are in Christ. In other words, those who believe in Jesus Christ will be risen the dirt's going to fly off the ground at that cemetery, and new bodies are going to come out of the ground. They might be decomposed right now. They might be just dirt right now. But the same God who put together every single thing on this earth when he created it can put together the molecules that are decomposed into a new body, and it will be imperishable. It will be a body that, it'll be made out of something, but it won't be made out of the same kind of flesh we have. It won't bruise, it won't break bones, it won't grow pimples, it won't go bald, it won't need surgery, it won't hurt, it will live forever. And we have that. We already have that. We already have it, we just don't, we haven't yet received it. It's on layaway. And it's on layaway because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He paid for it. And he said, we're gonna be risen like him. I mean, Jesus was able to walk through a door. Jesus was able to eat fish. I'm so thankful that the, re the resurrected Jesus ate something because I love to eat. And I'm looking forward to the food that he supplies in heaven. And it's probably gonna, I don't know, I imagine we're gonna have like 10,000 times as many taste buds. It's gonna taste so much better. I'm just, I don't, okay, I'm gonna stop about eating. There's a lot of benefits. I don't think our body in heaven will be uh, limited to the laws of physics like our bodies now are. It's something to look forward to. And God wants you to look forward to this. I believe that every time you have an ache or a pain, that is supposed to be a reminder of what's coming. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, that's how the Bible describes this deterioration of our bodies. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us, is preparing us. When you have an affliction, when you have something that hurts, when you have to get a surgery, when you have to go to the doctors, when something's not working right, that's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. See, here's how. He says in verse 18, here's how he wants us to see this. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. It means they're, they're fading away. They're temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. A 2.0 version the body you've always wanted is eternal. It's in heaven. It's waiting. And it'll be yours someday. That's guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is a real fountain of youth, and we will experience it on the day Jesus Christ returns. 
because he was risen, we will be risen. Guaranteed, it's coming. Faith-filling resurrection truth number three. I call this the resurrection connection. And that is, you have been eternally fused together with Christ in heaven. You have already been, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you're justified, like we talked about, you've already been eternally fused together with Christ in heaven. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made, alive, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up. This is all linked to his resurrection. Because of his resurrection, because he was raised up, he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, you might read that and think, well, wait a minute. This, this is speaking like it's already happened. So he, he, he raised us up, like past tense, it's already done, with him and seated, past tense, us with him in the heavenly places. So we look around and we're thinking, this doesn't look like the heavenly realms. Are we, are we in heaven already? What does this mean? How can we already be seated with him in heaven? Well, there is, I want you to get this, because this, this, this truth I'm going to tell you about to explain this applies to so many things. If you can get this, it will really help you understand a lot of things in the Bible. There is something that, that theologians, that pastors, that Bible teachers like to call the already, not yet. The already, but not yet. It's, it's like this. It's, it's something that's already been done because of Jesus Christ, but it hasn't yet been fully consummated or experienced because there's a time coming when that will happen. But it's as good as done now. It's already done. It's, it's for instance, for example, we already have eternal life. The Bible tells us that in many places. John 5, 24 is one of them. We already have it. God tells us you have eternal life the moment you trust in Jesus Christ. You have it. And we do experience to a degree many of the benefits of eternal life now. And that's another sermon because I think we don't experience them as much as we have potential to experience them. We, we have much more potential than we're actually living out. So we have a lot of potential to experience that eternal life to a degree. But we're not, we don't have our resurrection bodies yet. We're not in heaven yet. We will experience it in its fullness at the consummation when Jesus Christ returns and takes us to be with him. We'll experience eternal life at a whole nother level then. Another whole level. I like this. Uh, all right, we're going to... We won't get caught up there. We're going to experience eternal life in a better way then. But we can experience it now. It's, these things are as good as done for us. Because God's word is true. God's, when God speaks, he is so faithful that it's, it's like it's done. Joshua 
said it this way in chapter 21, verse 45, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made to us will fail. They will all come to pass. He speaks it, it's done. We're just not experiencing it yet. And that's what faith is. That's what we were talking about when we talked about walking by faith. We believe that. We believe that. So just like a baby learns to sit before he learns to stand and learns to walk, we need to understand, like Ephesians chapter 2 says, that we've already been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. In God's mind, it's as good as done. See, God's not bound by time. Think about that. God's not bound by time like we are in this life, in this realm that we live in. In God's mind, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, boom, you are there with him in heaven. He's experiencing the future of that already. We don't yet have it, but it's already done. Is this making sense? The already not yet is, is something that we'll probably be teaching on more in the future because it's so important. I want to show you one more thing about these verses in Ephesians chapter 2. This little word, with, made us alive together with Christ. I want you to get the importance of this word, with. The New Testament was translated from ancient Greek. And in that language, there are a couple words for with. One word for with is the word meta. That's not the word used here. The word used here is the word soon. Let me tell you first about meta. The word with that, that we have with com coming from meta in the Greek is like, it, it would be like if I say, I'm, I'm with all of you right now, or uh, the disciples were with Jesus Christ. It's, it's just being with someone, but separate, but together, you know, I'm, I'm with you all here in this room. That's meta. That's not the word that's used here. There's another word that is far more powerful. And God led the writers of the scripture to choose that word because there's a, there's a lot of great meaning in it. The word soon that we translate myth as well means to be, to be mixed with. Not two separate entities, but two that are mixed together and that are so united that they become one. That's what it means when it says that we are with him right now. We are so united with him because of his resurrection that it's, it's like this. Imagine if you're, you're making biscuits and you've got your ingredients laid out on the table. You, you spread out a piece of wax paper and you put your flour and you put your shortening and I don't, I don't know, I never made them, whatever else goes, sugar. Let's put some sugar in these things. We'll make them sweet biscuits. And uh, we'll throw some peanut butter in too. I like peanut butter. You got those ingredients laid out and they're, 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 they're with one another, that's meta. But then you put them in the big bowl and you mix them up with the mixer and you stir them all together and you throw them in the oven, 400 degrees, right? And you, you, you bake them and they, I guess you take them out of the bowl and shape them in biscuits first, but you get the point. They get baked together. They're mixed, they're baked and you can't separate those ingredients out anymore. 
I don't think you can do that. Like, I don't think you can separate the ingredients from a baked biscuit out. That's, that's with soon. They're with one another now. That's this soon. That's what it means that we are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly places. We are so fused together with him. It's inseparable. It's eternal. Nobody can ever separate us from him. Nobody. That's encouraging because sometimes in this life we feel like, oh, I've, I'm, I'm such a failure. I, I, I let you down, God, and I don't feel like I'm with you anymore. No, let the resurrection truth that we are connected with him because of the resurrection, the resurrection connection can never be disconnected. That truth should fill our faith. Faith-filling resurrection truth number four. The resurrection grants you immeasurable spirit power. This is, this is really intense. This is faith building. I, I want us to get this truth. The resurrection grants you far more power than you think you have. Far more. Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1 that the Lord would reveal to the saints, this is what he prays, he wants the Lord to reveal this. So I'm praying, Lord, reveal this to us right now. We need to get this. We need a fresh revelation of this power so we can experience it and live in it because of the resurrection of Christ. Paul prays that the Lord would reveal, verse 18, what is the hope to which he has called you, to what, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So he wants, he wants you to know, first of all, Because of the justification, because of the resurrection, you're rich. You're not only just out of debt and you don't have any money, you just don't owe any. You're rich. You're rich. He wants you to know what the riches are, verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Look, it's not even measurable. There is such potential out there in here because of the resurrection, in your heart, in your your faith because of the resurrection. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. The immeasurable greatness of his power, it's still his power, but it's given to us by his his grace through our faith toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. Look, it's not our power, it's God's. God can do anything. Verse 20, that he, here's where it came from, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's where this power originated. This is the same power that God the Father worked in Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. We have resurrection power. And seated him at his right hand, remember we're there too, in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and domination and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. I want to zoom in on that last section. Where it says, not only in this age, think about that. Like, he says, it's almost like he says it backwards. Like, I would think he would write it not only in the age to come, but also in this age. Because to me, I don't have a lack of faith believing that in the age to come, 
we're going to have that immeasurable power. But it's harder for me to believe that we have it now. He says, not only in this age, and that means that you have that now, present day, in this age, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we, we have it now, and we'll have it then. His great and mighty power working in us. I, I hope you can realize what this means. I hope God will give us all a revelation of this, like Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, because this power is available to us right now. It's available by His grace, which means it's, it's His free power, even if you don't deserve it. It's His ability, and it's accessed through faith. It's, it's accessed in the same way we originally got saved. In the book of Colossians, Paul says, he says, in the same way you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Well, how did we receive him? We received him by faith. He wants us to walk in him every day by faith. And by faith, through that conduit, faith is like a, a, a trust, but it's like a conduit through which we receive his grace. We're saved by faith through grace, or by grace through faith. So we receive his grace, his, his enabling power that we don't deserve through faith. It's the same thing. We gotta believe. We gotta believe that God has given us this through his resurrection. If you don't believe it, you won't receive it. If you believe it, you will receive it. It's by faith. So we have resurrection power. And I want us, and I believe God wants us to experience this and to tap into it every day. This is Holy Spirit power that's received by faith. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that this truth was, is to be personally experienced. Philippians 3.10, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection is, again, immeasurable. We, we can know this. That word for know means to personally experience. It doesn't just mean to, I have knowledge of this. This word for know means you actually personally experience it. And Paul wants to know him and the power of his resurrection. Do you know the power of his resurrection? Have you experienced the power of his resurrection? Let me show you a little bit more on, on what that means and how to do this. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a piece of knowledge, uh, knowing and understanding a piece of knowledge that is essential to understanding and knowing and experiencing this in your life. And, and I think we know this, but we don't focus on it enough. Let me show you what that is. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 the first church, the early church, experienced this power, I think, a lot more than we do. And here's why. Acts 4.33 says this, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony, not their personal testimony, this is how I got saved, but their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
They were talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They talked about it a lot. They talked about it all the time. Read the book of Acts. They talked about it all the time. And look what it says the effect of that was. And great grace was upon them all. Now, grace isn't mercy. They're two different things. This doesn't, we, we often think, well, that means great mercy was upon them all. That means that they were just forgiven of all the bad things they did. That's mercy. That's not grace. Grace is God's ability. God's ability that none of us deserve. God's power working in us. It's God's gifting to us. It's, it's mercy's more, again, on the negative side of canceling out where grace is the power at work within us. And we often think, well, I don't deserve that power because I, you know, I, I don't measure up. Well, that's the only prerequisite to receiving grace because grace is something that's only given to those who don't deserve it. And you get more grace when you focus on the testimony of the resurrection. This might be a reason why we're not experiencing a lot of grace in our lives because we're only focusing on the resurrection one day a year. We need to focus on the resurrection every day. Well, what is it about the resurrection that gives us this great grace? Again, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, Paul, or uh, Peter, I believe, was preaching this. Peter said this, This Jesus, God has raised up, so he's talking about the resurrection, exalted to the right hand of God, God made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Now we hear those words in church all the time, Lord and Christ. But we have to think about what they mean in connection with the resurrection. See, the Bible tells us in many other places that the re one of the things that the resurrection did was to confirm, establish, verify, nail down the truth that the risen Jesus is Lord and Christ. Christ means king the anointed Messiah who would be the king who would reign forever, the judge of all creation. Christ is an anointed king. It, it's the same word in the Old Testament as Messiah. It's just in Greek. So we have to make the connection in our mind that the resurrection reveals the status of Jesus Christ. And then we have to not just say, oh yeah, I know that, I know that, but I want to experience that. Exper living under the experience of a total submission and surrender to your King and your Lord will give you the grace that you need to overcome any obstacle, any sin in your life. I promise you that, I promise you that. There's no sin that you cannot overcome if you live in this truth. So if we're struggling in an area of sin or unrighteousness, it's because we don't have a large enough dose of this truth in our minds. I believe that with all my heart. I'm telling you that. That is a fact. So we need to focus more on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believing that he is your resurrected Lord empowers you with his grace to experience the overcoming victory 
that 1 John chapter 5 talked about. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith in what? Our faith in this. What we're talking about. Last one. Faith-filling truth number five. We receive every resurrection benefit by faith alone. I know this is a thread that, that already themed through this whole thing. But I want to focus on it. Resurrection power is accessed through faith. In uh, Romans chapter 4, we're, ta- we're told again about Abraham. He's an example in Romans 4.19. And he was an old man. And his wife was an old woman. And they were past childbearing years, well past them. And God told him, you're going to have a son. I'm going to open Sarah's womb. And you're going to be able to, I'm going to raise up your dead reproductive systems, God told Abraham. And this passage is about what happened when Abraham believed in that precursor to the resurrection. See, that's just a, a, a symbol of the real resurrection that we need to place our faith in. Romans 4.19 He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. I just, I just want to point that out. There's another way to fill your faith up. Give glory to God. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fill your mind with resurrection truth. Give glory to God. Do that. Your faith will grow. Verse 21 Fully convinced, that's what faith is. That's what faith is. Fully convinced, no doubt, that God was able to do what he promised. God is able to do what he promises. That's all we need to have faith in. And then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you read what God promises and hear it, your faith will grow. Another way that your faith grows. Verse 22, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours. God wants that example to be used by us today. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead. See, faith needs to be placed in the right object to be filled with power. Just like our example, just like our illustration. There are so many promises that God gives us in his word that we can live by, that we can place our faith on, that we need to hear to be able to believe them. I want to end with this one. If you were at the Good Friday service, I read this then, and I want to read it now because this is important for those of us who believe, and this is even more important if you are not a believer, if you are not yet saved, you don't know if you're saved. 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13 says this. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. All he's saying is what we've been saying. You can believe God if he says it. You can have fully convinced 100% faith in what God says. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God 
has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony. Here it is. This is what God says. Ask yourself, do you believe this or not? And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. This life isn't in Muhammad. This life isn't in the universe. This life isn't in your own good works. This life isn't in anything. This life is only in his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. It's pretty clear. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. The resurrection, the resurrection can give you 100% faith. You can know that you have eternal life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, empty tomb, full faith. Let's focus Let's focus on the resurrection. Not just one day a year, but every day. Here are the, 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 the truths that we learn today that will fill our faith and fortify our faith. Christ is risen, so, one, I am justified. Two, I am guaranteed a resurrection body. Three, I am eternally and inseparably connected with Christ. Four, I have access to resurrection power. And five, I can have a full faith every day. Let's have the band come up and let's ask God as the band comes up and plays one last song. Let's ask God to make this revelation to us real so that we can experience this faith. Let's pray. And I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray the prayer. I'm just going to read this and prayed along the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians in chapter 5 that we looked at or chapter 1 that we looked at earlier let's bow our heads I'll read this and we'll pray father reveal to us what is the hope that you have called us to reveal to us the riches of your glorious inheritance for us reveal to us and allow us to experience the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe. This is according to the working of your great might, Lord, that you worked in Jesus Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, and we believe that we are seated with him far above all rule and power and authority and dominion and above every name that is named. Lord, help us to understand that that is not only for the age to come, but for this age, that we might live in resurrection power today. We thank you, Lord. We know that this is your will. We know that you will answer this prayer. And I look forward to seeing lives changed because of it. Thank you for not staying dead, Jesus. You are alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing one last song. And as we sing... Think about the truths that we learned. And as you leave, think about the truths that we learned. And as you go about every day of your life, remember these truths because they will change your life.